Hey, welcome to another episode of the Word Made Fresh podcast. My name is the Reverend Marcus Haley at word underscore made underscore fresh on Twitter, and I am your host. The whole point behind this podcast is to break open the word of God in new, vulnerable, and hopefully fresh ways. Full disclosure, this is a sermon podcast, but hopefully it can be so much more. My hope is that you will come away having both encountered Christ and been inspired to serve the world in his name. Without further ado, let's get into it. Here we are back for another week of this podcast, uh, and I have this amazing testimony about how God kept me uh, in the midst of the Minneapolis uh, snowstorm uh, by not allowing me to be here in Minneapolis uh, for the uh, somewhere between 18 and 24, some places more than that, inches of snow that we had last week. Um, And I wasn't even supposed to preach this week, um, except that um, the one who was supposed to preach uh, had a sickness come up. And so I um, was able to sort of step in in the last minute which is kind of good because I was able to sort of step in into the story of scripture that I really enjoy looking at and analyzing and and uh, and reflecting on. And it's sort of the story of the Good Shepherd. Um, and so we're sort of still in the context of the Easter season continues up until uh, May 20th, which is Pentecost. So we're in the in the same vein of sort of celebrating the resurrection of Christ. And then we get this amazing story uh, where Jesus is talking about himself um, as the Good Shepherd and some congregations uh, they call this Good Shepherd Sunday. Um, and there's you know all these themes of being a shepherd and being led by God. Um, but the real context for this sermon this week was a conversation that I had uh, with um, someone who I, I think is tangentially connected to my parish. Um, uh, and we had this amazing conversation uh, about our stories and what does it mean to listen to God? What does it mean to hear God? Um, what does it mean to follow Christ in our lives? Um, what does it mean to want to hear the voice of God and can't? Um, and I was actually really inspired by that conversation and and wanted to respond to that conversation faithfully by reflecting on it via the sermon. Uh, so that's really the context. Um, it's a really introspective sermon. And I, you know, as a preacher, I think it's important to sort of do both parts of, or, or sort of the out, outside the external work um, that sermons can do, but also to invite people to do the internal work as well. Um, and so the uh, lesson that we have um, is actually from the gospel according to John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18, uh, which read this. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold, and must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. I love that gospel. Um, So let's get into the sermon and come up with some thoughts where we hoped it would go.
am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Please be seated. So I told my first godly play story just a few years ago. I'd just completed the godly play training and fell in love with the way the gospel stories were told, particularly because the focus wasn't on getting the story right, so much as it was about inhabiting the story in a particular way. In godly play, the words of the Bible aren't just words that exist in some far off realm. They are incredibly present in front of us, within us, and all around us. The first godly play story I told was the story of the Good Shepherd. As I told the story of a loving shepherd who leads each of his sheep out into the wide green pasture and calls them each by name, I made the point of emphasizing the part of the story that says, the sheep know his voice and they follow. One child raised his hand the way only young children can, straining to get my attention. Ooh, ooh, pick me, Father Marcus, pick me. Now I was able to ask him to wait until the end of the story, which made him sit incredibly still as if he was really afraid that if he moved too much, the question would just fly away. At the end of the story, he raised his hand again and said, Father Marcus, what does God sound like? And I was startled by the question and asked him to repeat it, if only to give myself time to hear it and answer it. Finally, I remember that the, God, that the point of godly play wasn't to answer questions, but to trust the listeners of the story to find the answers for themselves. Finally, I was able to respond with my own question. What do you think God sounds like? I think God sounds like a fire-breathing robot. <laughs> what makes you think that, I asked. I don't know. I just think God is cool. Dear friends, what does God sound like to you? Now, before you say God sounds like Morgan Freeman, <laughs> which, come to think of it, isn't such a bad answer, I want you to think really deeply about this question. What does God sound like? When you pray, what voice do you desire to hear? In the context wherein people from both sides of the political aisle claim to speak for God, how do you distinguish between the authentic voice of God and what is the voice of a hired hand in shepherd's clothing? When I was in my last semester of college, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. All of my friends felt really sure that they wanted to go and be teachers or go to graduate school to become lawyers or physicians. Some of them decided to start their own businesses, but I was absolutely clueless. The chaplain of my small alma mater had been watching me for a few years and simply suggested that I go to seminary after I graduated. I had no idea what seminary even was and even why I should go, but I found myself saying yes anyway. 
years later, after I found my way into the Episcopal Church, I found myself in a similar conversation with a friend who was soon to be ordained a priest. She told me that I should go and talk to my rector about ordination. I told her that she was absolutely crazy and that there was no way, shape, or form that I was called to be a priest, and even if I was, God might want to try someone else. Eventually, on my way to a magic store in Marietta, Georgia, with my rector, we began talking about ordination, and I found myself saying yes anyway. About 18 months ago, when I was discerning a new call as a priest, I was faced with a choice. I could stay where I was. I could go back south to a congregation that was a lot like my older one. Or I could go to Minnesota where I could stretch some new leadership muscles. And I'm not going to lie, going south was really tempting, particularly after the snow of last week. But when faced with that choice, I found myself saying yes to the most unknown of those choices. Now, I can't pretend to know what God's voice sounds like to you, dear friends. All I know is that for me, God's voice is the voice that summons up the best in me. God's voice calls me to do the harder, more challenging thing because God's voice is the voice that believes in me even when I am overwhelmed or anxious or fearful or sad. God's voice is the voice that finds a way to penetrate the din of toxicity that is all around me to speak love and mercy and compassion and peace into my life. God's voice is the voice that fills me with joy and reminds me of home. What does God's voice sound like to you? When is the last time you heard it? I wonder when was the last time that God called you by name? Where were you the first time you remember hearing God's voice and without a doubt you knew that it was God? Maybe you have a story, a moment where God spoke to you. Maybe it was during a really hard moment in your life when you thought it was all over and you just couldn't go on. Maybe it was during a really happy or joyful moment when your heart was simply overflowing with thanksgiving and gratitude. Maybe it was one of those quiet times when nothing big was happening, either good or bad, but your soul was quiet enough simply to hear the voice of God. Or maybe you don't have a story. Maybe you've never heard God speaking to you. Maybe you're just in the wilderness wandering waiting for a word from God to help you know where to go. Rowan Williams suggests that we are a people who expect to be spoken to by God. To follow in the way of Jesus is to expect God to speak to us. What a blessing. What a burden. We pray, we read and hear scripture, we sing, we speak to one another, we hear our stories, all hoping that somewhere in the midst of that wash of words, we can hear the words of God, a tailor-made message for us from on high. Because every last one of us is wandering, trying our best to make it home, and just one word from God will help us to take that next step in faith.
Because when you're eight years old, God is like a fire-breathing robot, and life is so filled with wonder. But as we age, life becomes so much scarier, even if we don't admit it. And the wonder that allowed us to see God so clearly simply disappears. But that doesn't mean that God disappears. We just have to find out what our fire-breathing robot is now. Amen. So I don't want to ramble too much, um, but I think the question of what the voice of God sounds like is really important. Um, I remember when I was growing up in church um, and uh, we had a revival pastor come and preach a sermon. Um, and I kid you not, uh, a good part of this sermon was talking about the voice of God. And uh, what he said was that God's voice sounds like your pastor's voice. Uh, the case that he was making was that you should listen to your pastor uh, or your, you know, but he literally said that God's voice sounds like your pastor's voice. And I remember the text that he used to support this is this call story of Samuel. So if you remember uh, in the book of Samuel, uh, Hebrew Bible, um, Samuel is a young child um, in the service of the temple and Eli uh, is the high priest. Um, and Samuel wakes up in the middle of the night because he hears his voice being called, or he hears his name uh, rather being called. And he runs over to see Samuel. I mean, he still runs over to see Eli, I'm sorry. Um, and Eli says, I haven't called you, go back to sleep. And he goes back to sleep. He hears his name called again. He runs to Eli. Eli says, I haven't called you, go back to sleep. But the next time you hear the voice um, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And if I get that story correct. Um, and so this is the story that he used to support this idea that God's voice sounds like your pastor, right? Um, and that actually sounds a little bit obnoxious. Uh, and But the question about what God's voice sounds like is really important because I think uh, in many of the conversations that I have with people in my daily work, uh, whether it's people who are uh, new to faith and are, are wondering, you know, what faith sort of looks like for them now, uh, people who are experiencing grief in their life and they're, and, they're wonder, and they're wondering, you know, what is what does the next step look like, you know, now that their loved one is gone or people who are wanting to make a big decision and are looking for some guidance in those decisions. A lot of people are asking the question, right, what does God's voice actually sound like? Um, and, you know, we have all these stories in scripture where God is speaking incredibly clearly to people. Um, you know, there is the, the scene, uh, in the book, uh, I think it is of Daniel where God is writing on the wall, uh, many, many tekaupsarin. Um, you know, we have all these stories of angelic visitors and all these great miraculous signs, which are great, except that most of us don't live our lives uh, in the context or space where we're experiencing these types of very clear communications from God. And so learning to discern what God sounds like for each one of us uh, is super important. Um, and the thing that I tell people a lot is that one of the ways that we attune ourselves to God's voice in our lives um, is through the reading of scripture. 
through cultivating a life of prayer, through becoming deeply engaged and aware of our own stories and life with Christ, um, through reaching out in service to others and in turn listening to the stories of God um, through other perspectives. I think when we do that, we cultivate our ability to discern the voice of God. But if we're not doing those things, right, if we're not regularly engaging with scripture, praying, serving, and, and listening and sharing, I think that we diminish our ability to um, hear the voice of God in our lives. And so when we need it, it's not that God isn't speaking. It's just that we haven't really trained ourselves to listen in the way that would be helpful. Um, you know, there's another uh, a story in the Hebrew Bible where I think it's the prophet Elijah who's running um, and he's running and he's sort of being hunted down uh, because of his prophetic utterances and he hides himself in a cave. And the, uh, the Bible says that there was this great earthquake uh, God's voice was not in the earthquake and there was this great thunderstorm and God's voice was not in the thunderstorm. There was this great wind and God's voice was not in the windstorm, but the God's voice was in this very still, small silence that followed all of these. Um, and I wonder how, how our lives might be so filled with noise uh, that we're unable to really um, discern the voice of God in our lives. And that's not even, that's, in my mind, I don't think that's an esoteric concept. I think people literally are looking to find out what is God saying, um, particularly in a context where there's so many people claiming to speak for God on behalf of God, you know, in God's corner, whatever, right? There's so many people. How do we discern what is the authentic voice of God? Um, and as I said in the sermon, for me, the voice of God is both this voice that um, comforts me, right? This voice that calls me um, by name and, and recognizes uh, my my gifts and where I am, but also this voice that uh, challenges me, this voice that doesn't allow me, um, you know, to get away with things, um, this voice that calls me into my potential, into my better self. And so I think that is is what's important for me, but that's not everybody's story, right? And so the whole point where I wanted to go with this is to really invite people deeply into understanding and wrestling with the question of what does God's voice sound like for you, right? And how can you cultivate your ability to listen and hear for that voice? Um, that was what was important for me, particularly after this conversation I had with this gentleman who had lived a long life, who had done a lot of things in the community, who had amassed a, a great deal of wealth, um, but was asking, you know, he was reaching the end of his life and was asking the question, you know, where, where is God? How can I listen for God? How can I hear God? Um, and I was just struck by that question. It, it was deeply struck by that question. And I just wanted to reflect on that. And, and hopefully where I got to was that people are listening for where God has spoken in their lives. Where have they experienced that? How can they cultivate that, uh, that awareness more deeply in their own lives? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Word Made Fresh podcast. I want to leave you with three questions to ponder and consider and reflect upon this week. Where were you challenged? Where were you encouraged? And what are you going to do about it? Check me out on Twitter at word underscore made underscore fresh or on my blog wordmadefresh.com. If you're ever in and around the Twin Cities on a Sunday morning, come check us out at St. Paul's Church on Lake of the Isles in Minneapolis. We'd love to have you worship with us. I want to let you know about an upcoming spiritual retreat that is happening uh, at Holy Cross Monastery in West Park, New York. 
um, beginning on the, uh, Tuesday, September 18th and finishing Friday, September 21st. I'm leading a spiritual retreat uh, that is called Jordan Stream, wading into the depths of the African-American mystical Christian tradition. The whole point of this retreat is to center African-American uh, Christian mystical voices, evoke their strength and wisdom, and to deepen our own connection with God. I hope that you will consider uh, being a part of, of this retreat with us. More information can be found on my website or on holycrossmonastery.org. Dear friends, until next time, my prayer for you is that you will feel your utter and fundamental belovedness in new ways this week. Be blessed. Always keep it fresh.